On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. It's not just about education, but just equipping yourself with a new spill so that you can show that you have added value and added knowledge. The pandemic led to the development of new online tools, both for businesses and employees. Your income depends not only on your education, but more importantly, on where you live. And you'll learn about an Iowa-based business that has evolved beyond the borders of the U.S. This is the Iowa Business Report for the last weekend of July 2020. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry has been the voice of Iowa business since 1903. Learn more online at iowaabi.org. Here is Jeff Stein. There are all manner of ways for us to use computers to get our messages out internally and externally. And it seems with each passing day, there are more options available. During this pandemic, with so many people working from home or seeking new employment, The folks at Google responded in a variety of ways. Andrea Willis is a Google tools expert. We are seeing that searches are up for people looking to find new skills and take courses. People are really hungry to learn as they're looking for ways to be more attractive to employers as they look for jobs or just look to use this time productively. We actually, noticing that, are providing new tools for both job seekers and small businesses to do that. For job seekers, we are wanting to help them get the skills they need to enter high growth, high paying career fields. So we're actually announcing three new Google career certificates in the high demand fields of product management, user experience design, and data analytics. These are all available online, no degree is required, and we're also offering 100,000 scholarships for people to be able to take these for free. Additionally, we're connecting them to employers through a hiring consortium that has agreed to look at these resumes after people take these certificates. Now, what's the benefit? I've seen a lot of posts online recently about certifications in various ways. What are some of the benefits of doing these Not only, I suppose, from an educational standpoint, but from a job enhancement standpoint. A lot of people don't have time to go back to school. And from a job standpoint, the benefit is equipping yourself with new skills, especially ones that are very in demand. So we actually were inspired to offer these new certificates based off of the success of the Google IT Support Professional Certificate. And that's a certificate we launched two years ago for people who had no experience but were interested in IT support roles. So it equips them for a job in six months. And we saw a lot of success with that. 80% of people who took that course had a positive career impact within six months. So whether that's finding a new job or getting a raise at work. So to your point, it's not just about education, but just equipping yourself with a new skill so that you can show that you have added value and added knowledge. And as I say, I've seen a lot of people saying that they're doing this more and more, especially because they may still be working from home or they may find there's just not a lot of other things to do. So the competition 
for our personal development time is a little less than it might be during a normal summer, I suppose. Yes, that is correct. There are a lot of people who, even if they're not specifically looking for a job, they just want to use this time productively. So it's a great time to upskill and to explore interests that you may not have time to have delved into earlier. Now, you also mentioned you have some tools for small businesses with particular emphasis on this reopening. And that's especially difficult, I suppose, because in some places we're open, then we're closed again, or there may be different rules. How can you help businesses stay in touch with their customer base that they really rely on for survival? You're correct. It is a challenging time for businesses as they look to stay connected with customers and also to reach new customers. So we have a really helpful tool called Google My Business. If you go to Google search, it instantly pops up when you search for it. And you can add all the features that your business is offering during this time. So whether you have switched to curbside pickup, whether your hours are adjusted, or whether you're offering online classes, those are all features that you can add to your Google My Business profile so that customers can stay up to date on the latest. Are there some issues with regard to security that people should be aware of? You know, people are very suspicious about giving too much of their information out there. Are there things that are in place to help protect them as we all worry about cybersecurity and insecurity? Yes, like all of Google's products, Google My Business was made with the utmost security protections. So businesses can feel comfortable using that information on their profile so that customers can stay up to date and reach them. And really, it's no different than information that they would include on their public website. What we're aiming to do is to make it easier for people to find that information because it automatically pops up when you Google search if they have a Google My Business profile. Now, let's take that a little more broadly if we can. There are some ways that if I'm a customer, I'm not a business owner, let's say, let's say I'm a consumer and I'd like to know who's open out there, what's available, are there some tools that are available, products that you offer that can help me help these small businesses? Yes. So, so many people are looking for ways to help in their local community, and we have two very easy ways to do that. The first way is that you can donate if you'd like. By searching support local business in Google search, you'll see a list of businesses in your local area where you can either donate or buy a gift card. And that's a great way to support businesses, even if they may not be open. And then the second thing that you can do is just to leave a review. And that's super helpful during this time because people want to know who's open, how was your experience, you know, if they were a bit nervous about going out. So if you leave a review, That's a wonderful way to promote a company during this time. So how have these various products been received? Are they very popular as people get to know more and more about them? These products are very popular on the job seekers front, actually. Our IT support professional certificate is the number one certificate globally on the online learning platform Coursera. And Google My Business is actually a pre-existing tool that lots of business owners use to stay up to date with customers. And it's just kind of increased its helpfulness during this time because we've added those new features that let you adjust for COVID circumstances. For people to learn more, they should go to grow.google and they can find out all the information that we discussed today. 
Andrea Willis, a Google Tools expert. We spoke via Zoom on July 15th. Still to come, how much that college degree may be worth depends on where you live and the story of a group of Iowa-based companies which has adapted to changing business needs here and globally. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. As Iowa reopens for business, take time to support the stores that drive our state's economy. I'm Nicole Crane of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, inviting you to continue to safely patronize these businesses that provide jobs for your neighbors and revenue to grow our economy. It will take some work, but Iowans aren't shy about that. Learn more about Iowa's recovery at iowaabi.org. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. We've long thought that the higher your education, the higher your earnings. Now, overall, that's still true, but income really depends on where you live. The Thomas B. Fordham Institute recently commissioned a survey on the topic conducted by an Iowa State University professor. It's called What You Make Depends on Where You Live. Michael Petrilli is president of the Fordham Institute. Living in a big city like Washington, D.C., you know, you're used to looking around and seeing that the only people that are making enough money to really make it are the people that have college degrees and are working those office jobs. There's just not much of a middle class left. The other people who have lower skills and doing those low wage service sector jobs are really struggling. And it dawned on us that a lot of the education policy discussion assumes that all of America is like that, that there's no middle class left anymore, that you have to get a college degree. And we were curious if that was the case. And it turns out that the answer is no, that in most of America, there still are a lot of opportunities to get good pay as long as you've got skills that are marketable to employers. Now, that generally means more than a high school diploma. It does mean some post-secondary, but it could be a trade credential, could be a two-year technical degree. It does not have to be a four-year college degree. The college degree really does seem worth it. You get a big premium in the larger metro areas, especially on the coast. So Washington, D.C., New York City, San Francisco, Chicago, you know, in some of those places, you do tend to make twice as much money with that college degree as with just a high school diploma. But in smaller metro areas and in smaller towns and certainly in rural areas, the premium is much lower. And so you've got some places like, say, North Dakota now where you've got the big oil and gas fields where, you know, you still make more with a college degree. Those folks are probably doing more of the engineering jobs, but it's only 20 percent more than the folks with just a high school diploma. So when we talk to young people about what they want to do with their future, you know, of course, it's, it's always been the case. You want to ask them, you know, you know, what do you want to spend your time doing? What are you good at? What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? But we should also ask them, where do you want to live? If you are really committed to moving off to Chicago or New York or some of the other big cities, yes, getting that college degree makes sense. If not, you know, it may, maybe not. I mean, it, you know, look, if, if you're good at school, if you love school, if you love taking those courses, you want to do the academic route, absolutely. But if that is not your cup of tea and you're planning on staying at home, living in, your, in the community you grew up in, it may be the case that, uh, that you want to get a trade, you want to get a technical degree, 
rather than going for that four-year degree. And guess what? Most people do want to stay in the communities where they grew up or at least close by. You know, the average American, I, I think, lives something like 20 miles from their mom. If this is the case, then we need to make sure that our high schools are built to prepare young people for those pathways. And yet almost every high school in America is acting like all of their students are going to go off to four-year colleges and major in English literature. You know, I mean, there's very few opportunities in high school to really spend most of your time getting technical skills, getting trained for the job, and that's got to shift. Michael Petrilli, president of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, online at FordhamInstitute.org. The survey itself was conducted by Iowa State University economics professor John Winters. Next week on this program, we'll hear from Professor Winters about what the data taught him about Iowa in particular. Coming up, a business that has taken its Iowa values with it when expanding domestically and globally. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, helping develop the next generation of business leaders through Leadership Iowa and Leadership Iowa University. To learn more, go to iowaabi.org. In this week's business profile, we'll introduce you to CBE companies based in Cedar Falls. As Chairman and CEO Tom Penaluna told me, his group has evolved as the needs of its customers have evolved. We're a multifaceted company. Like the name says, we're CBE companies. We have a number of companies that roll up into that entity. We are primarily a call center company where we have over 1,400 employees today. And I might add, we have close to 1,000 people working from home doing the work every day, working from home, which I never thought I would even remotely uh, be able to say that three months earlier than it is right now. But so we are primarily a call center business. We do all sorts of things for many national credit grantors that pertain around debt collection. It could be uh, around billing. We do a number of billing programs insurance investigation and follow-up. Um, we have a, a data and data analytics company that evaluates uh, data for skip tracing purposes and analyzes that data. Um, we also have a, a fraud unit that actually does some fraud work for some national credit grantors. Uh, that's been a really major growing area in the last few years, fraud is just running rampant in the marketplace. And that's primarily we do a, a little bit of all of that stuff. This business has been around, well, nearly 100 years, almost 90 years. How have things changed in the time that you have been in charge? Because I think we have seen a real evolution and expansion of the sort of work you do across a number of different platforms. But you tell me, how has your business changed? We've had to re-engineer our business because of what happens in the marketplace. When I came on with the company in um, the late 70s, I think we actually had about 26 employees. 
And at that time, we had two divisions. We had a credit reporting division because we were a credit bureau. And we had a collection division because we were also a debt collection agency. It was about 50-50. Half the people were in one area, half were in the other area. Over time, the Waterloo Cedar Falls area went through some very tough times. And I realized that if I was going to keep this business as a going concern, we were going to have to expand outside of the Waterloo Cedar Falls area by itself. So we started doing that. Over time, we bought a couple of other credit bureaus in the region, a couple of collection agencies. We actually expanded some mortgage reporting services in like Cedar Rapids, Des Moines, Mason City, Dubuque, pretty much most of the major cities in Iowa at one point. So in about 2000, we sold our credit reporting division to Equifax. And we became strictly a debt collection company and a medical billing company at that point. So that's where we focused our attention. That's where our greatest expansion went. And we picked up a number of federal contracts at that point that really kind of started all of that out. And I would say that by the time we sold our credit reporting division, we probably had close to 200 employees. And when we landed a couple federal contracts, those numbers quadrupled. So we went from about 200 to probably close to 600 people in the course of about three or four years. And that really is kind of what started us out in other multifaceted areas. I'm always interested when I talk to people for this program about their locations. For example, you have a corporate headquarters in Cedar Falls, two operational centers in Waterloo. Well, that all seems to make some sense. But you have a center in Texas and a center in the Philippines. And as I say, this is not the first time I've come upon this where a company has a concentrated cluster of offices and then there's one far away in this country and then another one halfway around the globe. Tell me how that happens, how it is that you look to your expansion and select the places you do in order to put your people. I wish it was an easy way to answer that question. It's predominantly driven by our clients. We have customers that come to us and say, listen, if you want to continue working our business, we need to reduce costs by X percentage. And we think you can only do that if you have an offshore solution for us. So we've been in the Philippines now close to five years. And the first time we did that, it was kind of a learning experience. But, you know, we've gotten pretty good. I think we have close to 400 people in the Philippines right now that works a a number of various credit grantors that want us to do that. We have some first-party accounts, and when I say first-party, we work it in the customer's name that are in the Philippines. So it's primarily customer-driven and the need to address their cost needs. And that certainly makes it important for you to instill in the employees a certain sense of corporate culture. You call it your purpose and core values because you want your brand name to be universally and uniformly applied. And it may be very different in Iowa than Texas or the Philippines, correct? Very much so. One of the reasons we chose the Philippines is the Philippines is a very family-oriented country. 
I think a lot of people you interview, our employees, they're going to tell you that they like working at CBE because it's it, it feels like family to us here. We have a couple of people that went down and opened up our uh, Texas office that were born and raised in Waterloo and were raised up through our company that went down there and did an incredible job of running that facility as if it was one of our facilities here in the Waterloo Falls area. That's one of the secrets. I know it's kind of a cliche and everybody says, you know, your people are the most important thing, but I'm really telling you that is a true fact when it comes around to our company. Our people really believe in our core values and live those core values every single day. All our offices have those core values and we talk about them all the time at our quarterly meetings and you can see it in every one of our facilities. What's the greatest challenge that your business faces these days? I would say probably regulation and government intervention in business. It's unfortunate that bad players in any industry kind of set the norm for everybody else because the government has to step in and pass uh, laws and regulations to protect the consumer, which we firmly believe in. But sometimes our government overreaches with that and makes it difficult for everybody and particularly those that are doing it right and trying to do the right thing every day. So I would say my biggest concern is always overreach by government laws and regulations and bad players in our industry that upset the apple cart for everybody else. Tom Penaluna, chair and CEO of CBE Companies, online at cbecompanies.com. As part of their community involvement, the company just established a fund at the Waterloo Community Foundation to support that city's police department and its efforts to improve race relations. And the company made a six-figure donation to get things started. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. Follow ABI on Twitter at IowaABI and online at iowaabi.org.